And if you would, look with me in verse uh, 16, we'll begin reading. John 14, 16. Let's pray and get in faith about the utterance before we go any further. Father, in the name of Jesus, we agree is touching this, asking for utterance, exact, full, complete, powerful, precise, that, Lord, we'd not just be hearing a man's words, we'd hear your words. We'd hear you and see you. And we ask for all of us, for eyes that see, ears that hear, a heart open and receptive. Let there come revelation of truth. Let there come a supply of the Spirit, answers, direction, help, exactly what we need right now. And you know that better than anybody. And so we ask for it. We believe we receive it. And we say by your grace we'll not be hearers only. But we'll put it into practice. We'll be doers of it. And we know as we do we will be blessed. Because you are so faithful. Ever faithful. To watch over your word and perform it in our lives. When we do. In Jesus name. Amen. John 14. 16. John 14, 16, Jesus said, I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. Everybody say comforter. He'll give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Now notice he, not it. The Holy Spirit's not an it any more than you're an it. He may abide with you forever. Keep reading. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. Now, the the Holy Spirit, you having him and his help and ability, means you have something the unsaved world around you does not have, that non-believers don't have. We ought to do so much better in area after area after area than non-believers because we have help they don't have. Not because we're better, not because we're so much smarter in and of ourselves. It's because we got somebody in us who knows everything about everything and he'll help us and enlighten us. But the world does not have this help. You cannot have this help outside of being born again and having the Holy Spirit in you. Say it out loud. I have help. The world does not have. He said the world can't receive him because it sees him not. It doesn't know him. But you know him for he dwells with you and he shall be in you. Now he was talking on the other side prior to Uh, the death, burial, and resurrection prior to the day of Pentecost. Now he is in us. Every born again believer, he's in you. Verse 18, I will not leave you comfortless. Comfortless. Now other translations bring out, I won't leave you fatherless. Others bring out, I won't leave you orphans. I won't leave you without a father. I won't leave you without help. 
I won't leave you without comfort. This word comfort that you saw in the previous verses, it's also translated help. It's also translated consolation. It's also translated encouragement. Same word. So the, that's why in the Amplified, you'll see he brings out that sevenfold name of who the comforter is. He is the comforter. He's also the strengthener. He's also the encourager. He's also your advocate, the standby. He's all those things. And of course, all that is help. Strengthening you is help. Comforting you is help. Jesus said, I won't leave you without help. I will come to you. Skip on down to verse 26. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, say it again, comforter, which is the Holy Ghost whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Is that help? And do you suppose if you were tempted to be scared or upset and the Holy Spirit reminded you of what the Lord said to you about that, do you think that might comfort you or encourage you? Well, you know it would. And if there's something that you never heard, he'll teach it to you. Back up and look at the verse. He will teach you all things. Now that means things you've never known, things you've never seen, things you've never heard. And also what will he do? He'll bring all things to your remembrance. That's something you have known. But maybe you weren't thinking of it right then. Don't ever talk bad about your memory. Because you have supernatural assistance. Never say such foolish things about, well, I'm getting old and forgetful. Just seems like I don't remember like I used to. Well, you know, I'm older now. (laughs) Not funny. Those kind of words will open up the door for memory problems. I mean, you can be 23 and not get enough sleep or push yourself too hard. Have trouble remembering something you said two minutes ago. No, no, no. You have divine help. In remembering everything. Said out loud, I can remember everything. With his help. We teach the little ones. I mean the little bitty guys. To say, I'm quick. I'm sharp. I'm bright. And we have them go on to say, I'm good looking. I'm very rich. And a major blessing. So if you hear some of them saying it, you'll know where they got it. (laughs) Why? Because you don't want to say anything else. You don't want to say I'm dumb. You don't want to say I'm ugly. You don't want to say I'm broke. You don't want to say I can't. Because the scripture never told you you can't. The scripture said you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And all things are possible to him that believes. And greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Which that's how you can. That's why you can. Because you got help. Somebody say, I have help. I have help. I have help. Oh, and what help you have? Just the very best in the universe. Right? As good as it can possibly be. There's so much to say. 
about the Holy Spirit. And, and I think unless the Lord leads us another direction, we'll be camping on this uh, for a while. Is that okay with you? You know, that's, that's usually how the Lord has led me. I'll get on something and I'll stay on it for weeks or months at a time. And it's not just enough to file something in your mental library. It's got to get inside you and become a part of you. I don't care how wonderful it sounds and how nice it looks hanging on the wall. I don't care about it unless it works. How about you? Unless it works in real life. And if God's real and he is and his word is real, it works. It produces results. And if you're not getting results, it's not because God is not real. It's not because his word is not right. It's because you're not doing it. Or you're not doing it right. But thank God you can get it fixed. If you have the right kind of help, which you do. I want to talk about this aspect of our helper this evening. This word that keeps appearing in reference to him, the comforter. I want to talk tonight about the comfort of the Holy Spirit. What that means in our life, how to yield to this. Go with me over to, let's see, Romans chapter 14. Uh, Let's do something different. Go to 2 Corinthians 1. I got enough for a seminar here, so we have to pick and choose. Are you comfortable? Good, because that's the will of God. If not, why would you be sent the comforter? No, y'all didn't hear that. I said, are you comfortable? Right where you sit. Right now. Are you thankful? How about these cushy chairs you're sitting on? Huh? You know these are custom built with lumbar support? The company had never built any like this before. But after they did it, they decided to change their line and add it to theirs. And they're paid for. How many like the air conditioning? You like this? Hmm? Might as well, it's a little too much. But hey, wait till July or August, right? I mean, it's, you'll be thankful we got heavy duty. But anyway, I said, are you comfortable? Not just comfortable. How about comfortable being where you are tonight? Being who you're with. Being with who you're with. Being around who you're around. Are you comfortable? Look around. Look look behind you. Look to the side. Are you comfortable with these people? Huh? Is it God's will that you be comfortable mentally? Emotionally? Physically? Disease means you don't have ease. Your ease has been interrupted. Is it God's will that you be diseased or at ease? How about financially? <laughs> Is it good to be comfortable? Financially. Or would it please God better for you to be half starving? Hmm? Is that comfortable when you can't pay your bills? When you're behind, when you got money pressures, is that comfortable? Very uncomfortable. Well, who'd the Lord send us to help us? The comforter. Well, then it must be his will for you to be comfortable. 
Huh? What do you think? It's got to be his will for you to be comfortable. Or he wouldn't have sent us the comforter to make us comfortable. Second Corinthians, did you find it? And the first chapter. Verse 2. It says, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you noticed that a lot of the epistles will start out that way? Grace and what? Peace. Peace. Would peace be a part of being comfortable? Oh, huge part. Keep reading. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of what? The God of all comfort. To hear some people preach, he's mostly a God of suffering. Suffering is very uncomfortable. Isn't it? Now there is a suffering according to the will of God. But it's not suffering what you've been redeemed from. It's suffering mostly persecution for your stance and identification with Christ. The scripture says, yea, they that are godly shall suffer persecution. But that's not the same as suffering being in sin or being confused or being broke or being sick. That's all part of the curse of the law. And the Bible said Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. And a lot of folks have this stuff all mixed up. They're suffering a lot of stuff. We're reading in 1 Peter right now, 2 Peter. And if you'll read 1 Peter and 2 Peter through, well, particularly 1 Peter, if you'll read it carefully, you'll see that one of the central themes of that letter, that epistle, is suffering and glory. And you'll see that there are two causes for suffering that he mentions. One is suffering for your faith in Christ, suffering uh, that, that results in his glory, which has to do with being persecuted. The other one is suffering for your own faults, your own mistakes for which there is no glory and there is no reward. And there's all kind of Christians who are suffering stuff because of their own faults. And mistakes, and they're claiming it's for the glory of God. And it's not. And there'll be no reward for it. No, thank God, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Is it true? No. God's not the God of all suffering, not the God of torment, not the God of vexation. What is he? he? He didn't send the Holy Ghost to bug us, to vex us, did he? To hurt us, to oppress us. That's the work of the devil. That's the work of the enemy. Oh, God is called numerous times throughout the epistles, the God of peace. And he is the God of all comfort. I want you to say it out loud. God wants me comfortable. comfortable. (laughs) Now I don't know if you realize or not. But but we just contradicted 
a bunch of doctrine. And if you know that or not. But I'm telling you a lot of people are confused about this. They're suffering all manner of stuff. And they've been told that God's doing it in their life for some reason. That they'll never understand. And it's simply not true. It's not true. So much stuff that people are going through is actually contrary to the will of God for their lives. We'll talk more about that as as time goes on. But are you looking at a scripture that says God's the God of comfort? How many would accept the Bible? Hmm? Would you believe this? If he sent you the comforter, if he's the God of all comfort, could you deduce that he must want you to have some comfort? Say it again, God, God. my God, God. wants me comfortable. comfortable. He wants you comfortable in your soul. He wants you comfortable in your mind. He wants you comfortable in your body. He wants your children to be comfortable. Huh? Your grandkids, plenty to eat, good clothes to wear, money for education, what they need to do, plenty for your your, your place to stay and your utilities and insurance and all that kind of stuff. I mean, sometimes people look at you and go, you're saying God would help me pay my electric bill? I don't know about that. The scripture says, if God spared not his son, but gave him for you, how would he not with him freely give you all things? If God was ever going to keep anything back from you, it would have been Jesus. And having given you Jesus, what's an electric bill? Having given you Jesus, what's a car? What's a house? It's nothing compared to that. Sure, he wants you to have everything and how easy it must be for him to get something to you. But as long as you're doubting him and questioning his will, it hinders him from doing it for you. Do you believe God wants you comfortable? I don't know if you realize it, but we're kicking some old religious cows right now. Did you hear them? We're going to knock them on over. Because if it's not in the Bible, you don't need to be believing it. I don't care who said it. Don't you you just believe something because I say it. You check everything I say by this book. Right? Check me close. And anybody else you hear. I'm reading a scripture that tells me that my God is the God of all comfort. Verse 4, what does he do? He comforts us in all our tribulation. No matter what's troubling you or bothering you, he'll comfort you. That we may be able to do what? Comfort them, comfort anybody else that's in any trouble. How can we do it? By the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. That's a lot of comfort, isn't it? Let me read it again. The God of all comfort comforts us in all our tribulations, trials, and tests so that we can be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. You do know I didn't write this. This was God's idea way before any of us were born. God's will is comfort, peace, 
rest. God's will is peace. God's will is rest. Go over to Romans, please. There are people that are confused. Bless their hearts. You you, you wish they would come to the light. But their life is just a, a vexed, frustrated, anxious mess. And yet, they're believing that somewhere or another this is the will of God for them. You know, that, that they don't understand it, but somewhere or another it's the will of God. No. No. He's the God of peace. Vexation. Anxiety. Fear. Terror. Frustration. That's not, that shouldn't describe a believer. Because we've been set free. He bore the chastisement of our peace. Did he not? Didn't he say, my peace I'm giving to you? Didn't he say that? Not as the world gives. You can't get this in the world. What did he just say? He said, the peace I have been walking in on this earth. I'm leaving here, but I'm going to give you this peace. You're going to need it. In the world, there's going to be some tribulation challenges. He said, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And then he said, and I'm with you always to the end of the world. We got his spirit to comfort us continually. We got his peace in us and on us. We should be the coolest, calmest, right? Strongest, most encouraged, most comfortable people. Anybody's ever been around? People should be upset and scared and worried and just come around us and just be around us for five minutes and start calming down. You believe that? Just be around us for just a few minutes and just start calming down and start relaxing and start having some peace. I had a guy come wanted to train with me. Oh, this has been about 20 years ago when I was working over at Brother Kenneth Hagin's ministry. It was longer than that now. But uh, we were doing the working in the healing school, the prayer school, some of the things. So this minister wanted to just go with me and follow me for two or three days and see what we did. And so he did. So at the end of the third day, we came in, and it was after a long day, and we'd had some good services. And we came in. Sometimes after I speak, I like to come and just sit down. And rest for a minute. And anything the Lord showed me in the service, I'll write it down or update my notes or or that kind of thing. And just sit there and rest. Just kind of relax a little bit. And I came there and did that. He was quiet for a minute. And when I started to get up, he looked at me. He said, Brother Keith, if you was any more relaxed, you'd be in a coma. (laughs) I said, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Is that contrary to how the world is? Oh, the world is buzzing and so busy, 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 and not a good busy. It's this hyperdrive, anxious, fear, dread. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. You're going to be late. You're going to be late. You're not going to do this. This may not happen. What about this? What are we going to do about this? What are we going to do about this? What are we going to do about this? And technology hasn't helped. People think you're not a mover and shaker unless you've got two cell phones up against your head and, and you're texting with your feet and you're reading emails at the same time. <laughs> but the scripture said, be still 
and know that I am God. Did the scripture say it? Be still and know. And you'll find out that people don't miss it most of the time by slowing down. People miss it most of the time by moving too fast. Moving too fast. And we're supposed to have peace. We're supposed to live in this comfort of the Holy Spirit. Did you find Romans? Did I tell you where to go? Did you pick it up in the Spirit? Or? <laughs> How about Romans 8? Let's go over there. Romans 8. And let's look in verse 14. It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are what? The sons of God. Sons. Verse 15. You've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Now, fear and bondage are connected. If you're in fear, you're in some degree of captivity. No maybe, no sometimes, every time. Fear puts you in bondage. First John says fear has torment. Fear is torturous. Hebrews says the fear of death makes you subject all your lifetime to bondage. And fear of death is a fear of loss. Fear you're going to lose something. And that's torturous, not comfortable. But we haven't got that kind of spirit that puts us in a fearful state and in bondage. We have received the spirit of adoption. You do know this is talking about the same Holy Spirit. You do know this is talking about the comforter. The comforter is called the spirit of adoption. Whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Abba is a very comfortable, homey word. Let me read the definition from one of the lexicons. It says, Abba is the word framed by the lips of infants. It'd be akin to our English, da-da. Same thing. Da-da. It expresses the unreasoning trust of the smallest child. And how many know that's, that bespeaks comfort? And the spirit of adoption means you be long. I mean, there's not much worse than feeling like nobody wants you around, feeling like you don't fit, feeling like you have no place, nobody cares if you're there, people prefer if you're not there. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of adoption. If you yield to him, he will let you know. You've been bought with a price. We, like one of our uh, uh, friends, they adopted an infant daughter. Now she's grown. And, and they tell her, you know, you're, you're special. We handpicked you. <laughs> we didn't just have you and then you, you're the child we had. No, we, hand, we went and got you. 
We selected you. And, and you're now part of this family. God handpicked us. Before creation. Didn't he? And we, when you've been born again, you've been born into the family of God. And now you belong. A church, this church, any church, is not supposed to be a business, a cold institution. It's supposed to be homey. A family. We're already on our way. Aren't we? We are. And it's supposed to be this environment where the people pull on this property. When they're coming down the street to get here, they just feel comfortable. (laughs) They just feel And everybody they see when they come in the parking lot and they see somebody waving at them in the parking lot, they see somebody greeting them at the door, they see a greeter, they see an usher, they see a person, and people are not just going there, okay, hi, there's another number, click, click, click the rail when you go through. No, no. They they see in people's eyes when they say, hi, good to see you, glad to have you, glad you're here. It's not just token phraseology. There's something behind it. They really mean it. The Bible said the love of God has been shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. And that love comes through your eyes. It comes through the tone of your voice. It comes through the handshake, the hand on the shoulder. It's real. I said it's real. And there are so many in this cold world that have hurt for so long and they feel so alone and they've been rejected and they've been kicked when they were down and the devil has convinced them that they are worthless, that nobody cares, nobody wants them, and it's a lie. I said it's a lie. God wants them and we want them. Is that right? We want them. And they can hear and touch his love by coming in contact with us. Can't they? The Bible said by this, by us loving each other, by this would all men know we're his disciples. What does that mean? God's plan has always been that you and I take such good care of each other and treat each other so wonderful that everybody on the outside wants to get in. (laughs) That's always been his plan. And he is working that in this family right now. I wanted you to hear the Lord through Phyllis and you'll you'll hear her again because she's the mama of the family. And I'm the daddy, the under-shepherd, and we got the older kids and the younger kids. Every church is supposed to be a family. It's made up of families, but it's supposed to be a family. And in the family, you're not supposed to be on pins and needles. You're not supposed to be walking around on eggshells all the time. Afraid somebody's going to get mad, somebody's going to get upset. Somebody's going to do something wrong. Somebody's going to use the wrong fork. That's uncomfortable. Isn't it? That's uncomfortable. 
And that's never been the will of God. Why did he send us the comforter? So we could be comfortable. (laughs) Say it again. God's will is for me to be comfortable. If the Spirit of God is truly in operation and manifestation, He is the Spirit of adoption. Those who believe on Him, He bears witness, the the next verse here says, He bears witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. Right there. He bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. The Bible said we have been accepted in the beloved. And a part of the Spirit's, the Spirit of God's ministry is to cause you to know that. And to reinforce that in you. That you are not an orphan. You are not fatherless. People say, well, I grew up without a father. Well, that's past. You got one now. I didn't have this and I didn't have that. Don't, don't look back. You got the best of the best if you're a believer. Oh, you got a father now. And if you're a part of a real family of believers, you got a bunch of father figures and a bunch of mamas. I know when Phyllis and I left our little uh, home in Mississippi, left her family and I left my family and we went out to Oklahoma and went to Bible school and began to pursue the call that God had on our lives. The Lord ministered to me. I, I had a close relationship with my grandparents and, and my parents and our family, and Phyllis did with hers, and, and I had a large family. And her, uh, how, how many siblings your daddy's got? Ten brothers and sisters, and, and the, that's the, that was on the power side, and, and the Moors, oh man, the Moors were all over the community, and, and we had reunions and cookouts, and when we did, I mean, scores of people showed up and stayed all day, and we were leaving our families. You can tell I'm from the South when I call a few names. I was leaving Aunt Royline and <laughs> Uncle Roscoe and huh? Uncle Hoyt and Aunt Leona and... <laughs> Those good southern names. <laughs> and, uh, and leaving all that that entailed. But the Lord ministered to us. He said, no, the scripture said, everybody that leaves, remember that? Yes. Houses, mothers, brothers, sisters, you'll receive a hundredfold in this life. In this lifetime. And now, Phyllis and I, we got mamas We got daddy figures. We got brothers and sisters on multiple continents and, and you know, probably three quarters of the states. I mean, we got family and family that stick closer than a blood brother. And it's real. It's not religious. It's not institutional. It's real. And if we yield to the spirit of God, He will reveal this in us and he'll reveal this through us. Now I want you to notice that scripture that we, you don't have to turn there again to it. But we read earlier in in Corinthians that we can comfort other people with the comfort that we've been comforted with. This is such a huge part of what you're able to be and do to other people. When you let God comfort you, you can minister that to other people. 
It is transferable. It is ministerable. When you've been comforted. But such as you have, that's what you give. What if you're upset? What if you feel displaced? You're struggling with all kind of feelings of insecurity. And I just feel like nobody likes me. And I just feel like nobody cares if I'm here or not. And, and I, I just feel like, you know, I, I, nobody wants me here. And, and I don't fit. And, and I have no place. And if you're a believer and you believe in all that, you're believing lies. You're looking at the wrong things. You're listening to the wrong things and you're not yielding to the Holy Spirit in your life. But if you yield to the Holy Spirit, he will minister that comfort to you and that spirit of adoption. He'll cause you to know that you know that you know you are eternally secure in God. Your name's in the Lamb's book of life. You are a permanent part of this family of God. You ain't going nowhere. You're here. You got a place that you were specifically designed for. Even if you hadn't found it all yet or operating in it yet, you know you got it. You know he'll help you get into it. And that security and that stability and that comfort makes you an anchor of stability in your family, around your your fellow workers, around anybody that you get around. I was in a situation recently and a guy was uh, I, I just met him just a few minutes ago, and he was telling. He said, "Well, this happened, and and I lost that, and and that was gone." And he said, "I guess I'll never have that again." And uh, I just looked at him. I said, "Why couldn't you have it again?" I said, "You could get you could get better." He looked at me like he had never heard anything like that before. He said, "I guess it's possible." I said, "Sure it is." He began to relax. I said, you're not that old. He said, no, I'm not that old. See, he'd been talking unbelief and fear and like, well, you know, I'll never have that again. And my best days are behind me and all this and that and the other until he believed it. And he's not even looking for anything any better. But I know when he looked at me, when I said it, he stopped and he looked at me and looked me right straight in the eye. Why? Because I wasn't just saying some kind of trite phrase. I really believe what I said. And he heard it, and he saw it, and I could tell it comforted him. He began to relax and go, well, yeah. I said, a lot, a lot could happen before your life is over. A lot could happen. One thing he was lamenting about was his, he had nobody, uh, a spouse. I said, you could find somebody. He said, well, I don't know anybody. I said, you haven't met of the world's population. There's a lot of people you hadn't met. He said, I guess that's right. I said, sure, you could find somebody. You don't know what could happen. It's an adventure. It could be exciting. (laughs) Well, see, that's encouragement, that's strength, That is just another way of saying comfort. Go with me over to 1 Peter. 1 Peter, the third chapter. This is not just mental. This affects every area. It does affect you mentally. But there's healing in this. Remember what Jesus told the woman that had the issue of blood? Go in peace. 
right? And be whole of your plague. He was telling her her wholeness, her being whole and staying whole was connected to her walking and living in peace. There's healing in the peace of God because the manifestation of the peace of God is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Is God a healer? There's healing in Him. And oftentimes when you sense His presence real strong, a lot of it is the peace of God. If you've ever sensed His presence really strong, sometimes you just want to kind of slide down in your chair and go, whoo. (laughs) It's peace. Peace that passes understanding. Peace beyond what you could ever find in a pill or a bottle or any kind of thing. You can't find it in the world. That peace can heal you. Do you believe it? So many problems that people have is connected to being uptight and tension and friction and pressure. But before we read that scripture, go to Philippians. Philippians 4 and verse 6. If you don't have this one marked, you ought to mark it. Philippians 4 and verse 6 says what? Be careful for nothing. For what? When's it okay to be all upset and full of care and anxiety about something? Under what circumstances is it acceptable and reasonable? For the child of God, none. Let me read this to you from the Amplified. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Is that possible? Is it possible to go day after day and not fret or have any anxiety about anything? Is that possible? It is. I know a lot of people don't do it. I know most people don't do it. But it's possible. I've chosen to live this way. Not to say you won't be tempted to fret are tempted to have anxiety, but like any other temptation, you can resist it. You can say, I'm not giving in to this. I'm not yielding to this. I got the comforter. I got the peace that passes understanding. Don't fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. Verse 7. And what will happen? And God's peace, the the Amplified gives uh, some clarity, but the peace that transcends all understanding will garrison and mount guard over your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Isaiah 26, 3 says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. What if you're not in peace? You've been thinking on the wrong thing. Your mind's on the wrong thing. And don't say I can't help it. Because your mind is your mind. If you're not driving it, who is? No, say it out loud. My mind is my mind. I can think on what I choose to. I don't have to think on what I choose not to. You believe that? It's the truth. The enemy will try to convince you that you can't help it. But it's not true. What did he say? Be careful for nothing. Don't fret 
or have any anxiety about anything. Is that possible? It's possible. How do you do it? You cast all your care over on the Lord. You don't worry about it. You pray about it. And, and, and you got to watch that because some people, what they call prayer is actually worry. They'll just beg and plead and cry and beg and plead and cry. God heard you the first time. And you didn't surprise him when you mentioned it to him. You, you know, you didn't notify me of anything when you brought it up to him. He already knew it. What we have to do is say no matter what, God is still on the throne. Right? And nothing is too big for him. Nothing is too hard for him. And if I can't do something about it, I need to give it to somebody who can. Right? And that's him. And if I'm still trying to fix it and I can't, if I've got it, he doesn't have it. If he's got it, I don't have it. If he's got it, I can go to bed and sleep. Because somebody's working on it. That can do something about it. Don't fret or have any anxiety about anything. Let the comforter minister to you the peace that passes understanding. Now go to 1 Peter. The third chapter. He's talking about from verse 1 down to verse 7. He's talking about husbands and wives. And he tells the wives how to act and interact and respond with their husbands. He tells the the husbands how to treat and act to their wives. And in verse 7, he says, do this, that your prayers be not hindered. Did you know if husbands and wives don't treat each other right, it'll hinder their prayers? It's the truth. The Bible said in James, where strife is, there's every evil work. Confusion and every evil work. Does that sound like comfort? Does that sound like peace? See, that's not, that's not the spirit of God in manifestation. That's uh, the evil one. Keep reading. Verse 8, finally, be all of you of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren. Be pity or full of pity towards each other. Courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrary wise blessing. If somebody shouts at you, don't just shout at them. If they cuss you, don't cuss them back. If they get mad and get into a rage, don't respond in like kind. It's only going to make everything worse. Don't do it because you're not called to cursing and, and wrath and anger. You're called to blessing. Aren't you? And if you want blessing, you have to live a different way from the cursing and the anger and the confusion and the bitterness and the strife. Verse 10, he that will love life and see good days. How many want to live a long time and have fun while you do it? Amen. Here's your verse right here. If you look in the Psalms, this is actually a quote from the Psalms. And in the Psalms it goes into more detail that he's talking about length of days. He's talking about a long life and he's talking about a good quality of long life. How many would sign up and say I want to live a long time and I want a good I want to live well. A good quality of life. 
what do you, well, you got to do something. There's requirements. Let him refrain his tongue from evil. The first thing he mentions is that thing right under your nose. Your mouth. What you are saying. Let him refrain his tongue from evil. Did you know the Bible calls unbelief evil? You're not just, not just talking about four-letter words, cuss words only. He's talking about things that contradict what the Lord told you. Uh, that covers a whole range of things. And his lips that they speak no guile. Guile has to do with dishonesty and, and deception. Verse 11. Let him eschew evil and do good and let him do what? Seek peace and ensue it. Ensue it. Other translations say pursue it. Go after it. I worked in uh, the healing school over at Brother Kenneth Hagin's ministry there in Oklahoma for a number of years. And have ministered along that line for decades now. And I'm a strong believer in, in our healing God. I've seen a lot of wonderful, wonderful things. We saw a number of miracles Saturday there in Branson in the meeting. Some outstanding things happened. And uh, soon and very soon, we're going to have a healing service right here. And uh, we'll see healings too. Uh, do, do you believe in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that, that Jesus ministered healing to large numbers of people? Has he changed? Is he alive today? Why shouldn't we see some of the same things? Well, you do. Everybody that believes does. And uh, along with that, I became interested in longevity. Because the Bible talks about living long. Psalm 91 says, with long life, he'll satisfy me and show me his salvation. And so I begin to to study. I've got a file full of uh, information on people who've lived to 100, 105, 110. I like to see evidences of principles at work and see commonality. And you know what I have found in my short time of study that I believe is one of the most significant reasons why people don't live as long as they should? It's not because of imperfect diet, though that can be a factor. It's not because of uh, of improper exercise, though that could be a factor. It's not because of genetics, though that could be a factor. All of these are overcomable. With God's help. Though some people don't think so, but they are. You know what's one of the biggest things I have noticed? Stress is a killer. Stress. People say, I know that's what I, I got to quit my job and I got to get out of my marriage and get out of this stress. Honey, you could be on a desert island with nobody but you and be stressed out because you're by yourself. I mean, no. It's not just where you are, it's how you're reacting to everything around about you. It's your response. You never have to respond in fear and anxiety. You can always respond in faith and patience. But if you go around stressed, worried, anxious, It will age you prematurely. It will cause you any number 
of neurological problems. Uh, doctors and researchers are finding out that fear itself degrades your immune system with no other factor. You can just get afraid that you're going to catch something. And it makes your heart beat faster and your pores open up wider so it can get in you. (laughs) It's a spiritual law that what you fear will be drawn to you and come on you. Fears, living uptight, living without rest, living depressed and anxious. Not only will it cut your life short, it makes you unhappy while you're here. And how many know that's a bad witness? When you're, you're unhappy with your life and, and you're vexed and you're frustrated and, and you got no peace and you got no joy. Did you know there's a lot of people who don't want to be Christians because they have relatives who are? And they say, hey, if being a Christian is being like Uncle Joe, forget it. He's the most depressed man. If being a Christian is being like ain't many, then forget it. She's the most bitter and judgmental. and the, It's obvious these people are not having any fun. And who wants to do that? Some people try to force themselves to do it because they think maybe it'll keep me from going to hell. But this is not real Christianity. Did you know Jesus, the Bible said, was anointed with the oil of joy and gladness above all of his contemporaries? Little kids loved Jesus. They loved him. They'd run to him. They'd grab him. How many know little kids don't like being around grumpy people? You know they don't. And even Jesus' disciples, they said, would you tell him, get all those kids away from him? They're bothering Jesus. He said, no, you leave them alone. Let them come. They loved him. Why? Because Jesus is happy. See, there's been this picture portrayed of Jesus, the man of sorrows, and these pictures of these long drawn faces and hollow eyes. There were a few moments at the cross and at death and suffering. But prior to that and after that, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And there was no one stronger than him. He didn't live like that. He lived in joy. He lived and walked in peace. He had so much peace and so much life and joy that there could be mobs trying to kill him. And he'd just smile and walk through them. And they couldn't touch him. No fear. No fear. No depression. No anxiety. Can you see the great Holy Spirit comforter at work in manifestation on him, in him, round about him? People ought to come in your house and just go, ah, it's nice in here. They may think it's your decor or your air conditioning or your air fresher, but it's none of that. It's something else. People ought to be able to come in your place of work or your station or wherever you're around and just be there and not want to leave and go, I just like being here. Why? It's comfortable. It's nice. Peace. Joy. It's increased since we started service right here. 
Can you tell it? Why? Because we've been talking about it. And these are not words I came up with. These are his words. And when we believe them, they begin to manifest right here. And you can take this peace back to your house. Back to your apartment. You can lay in your bed tonight and just praise God and praise God. Everything that tries to make you scared and worry, you grab it and cast it down and say, I refuse to fear. I refuse to fret. I refuse to worry. God's bigger than all of this. I will not live depressed. I will not live defeated. I will not live scared. I'm a child of God. I'm an overcomer. Greater is he that's in me. Than he that is in the world. Somebody say amen. Amen. He said if you want to love life. If you want to have a long life. If you want to see good days. Watch what comes out of your mouth. And he ended up by saying. Seek peace. And pursue it. And God is the God of peace. The Holy Spirit comforter. Inside us. Stand on your feet everybody. Stand on your feet. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.